0: Welcome to the Spooky Tales podcast, presented by me, John.
1: And me, Louise. We have been fascinated by spooky goings on since we can remember and wanted to share with you the stories that pique our interest.
0: Today's story is a tale of hauntings, poltergeist, and an unexpected twist. It's the spooky tale of haunted Huntingdonshire before we get into today's spooky tale we'd like to say a big thank you to all of you lovely listeners
1: thank you for your comments on youtube and instagram we really appreciate them Special shout-outs to Debbie, Wendy, Lisa M, Lisa J, and Ardith, a.k.a. SSG. Ardith? Did I pronounce that right?
0: Absolutely spot on.
1: Thank you. I hope I did, Ardith. Anyway, thinking of you...
0: Today's spooky tale is a meander through haunted Huntingdonshire in the east of England, nestled between Cambridge to the south and Peterborough to the north.
1: These tales are taken from the excellent book by Mark George Egerton, called The Haunted History of Huntingdonshire. We recommend you read this well-written tome of tales.
0: We'll leave the details in the show notes. We first visit the village of Alconbury, just to the north of Huntingdon. Alconbury is famous for its Royal Air Force Base and also for being the home of the former Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, John Major. The RAF base was, until recently, under the control of the United States Air Force, before they withdrew in 2015. I remember that. Oh, yeah?
1: I remember all the, the American airmen right.
0: in the area. Oh, yeah, go yeah. on.
1: No, 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 just, just leaving that there.
0: Right. Oh, right, OK. The airbase and subsequent area is well known for its spooky tales. One such tale was of some servicemen whilst on night duty. They said they could hear children's voices. The voices seemed to be all around them before fading away. Upon investigation, they discovered that there had been a train crash in the area in 1876, where six children had been killed. Oh dear. I know, it's rather tragic, that. Another tale was of an engineer who was installing a stabilator trim actuator on a phantom jet. That's the type of jet, rather than the jet being a phantom. I've no idea what a stabilator trim actuator is, though.
1: It's for actuating mechanical controls in an aircraft flight control system in response to signals from the pilot, in this case the stabilator, more frequently known as the all-moving tail or all-flying tail. Right. Yes. Good to know. Yes.
0: Anyway, he was all alone in the hangar installing his stabilator. He completed...
1: more frequently known as the all-moving tail or the all-flying tail.
0: Right, so he was installing his all-moving tail or all-flying tail. He'd completed his work and was set to make his way back out of the hangar when he realised he'd have to go out of the main door at the front, which was approximately 100 yards down the other end of the hangar. More annoying was that the light switch was at the other end of the hangar.
1: Oh, that's not going to be annoying at all.
0: No, it's classic British design, isn't it? Even more annoying was that the engineer did not have a torch with him. The fool. Yes. So he turned off the lights and carefully made his way in the darkness to the main door, feeling his way along the wall. Just as he was getting close to the door, all of the lights turned back on. And although he was certain that he was alone, he shouted out to find out who had turned the lights back on. There was no answer. And in the eerie silence, he made his way back to the light switch. Strangely, the switch was still in the off position.
1: Oh, that's weird. Well, indeed. That would give you the shivers, wouldn't it?
0: I think so. Yeah. And weighing an engineer might just go, oh, that's odd. (laughs) I shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, well, anyway, it's not as weird as when in 1975 an intruder was reported inside the perimeter fence. It was said to be moving with unnatural speed and able to vault a seven-foot-high fence in a single leap. Wow! Although fired upon, the intruder was unharmed and disappeared into the nearby woodland. One airman, a Mr. Uptogrove, got into his truck... And made his way to the scene in double quick time.
1: I just pause for yes. the moment of silence for that great name.
0: Oh, Mr. Up to Grove. Yes. It is a good It's a good one. All was quiet, and seeing the figure of a guard in the fog, he pulled over and wound down his window to ask what was the situation. Instead of a guard peering in through the window, he was confronted by a shaggy-haired creature which stood on two legs. Oh, my word. It was described as having intelligent eyes, a flat nose, large ears and big teeth. Ooh. The creature screamed at him and sped off.
1: It sounds like one of our beasts.
0: It does a little bit. I'm intrigued by the intelligent eyes, though.
1: Yes, exactly. I wouldn't know what intelligent <laughs>
0: eyes looked like, but... <laughs> obviously, although scared to death by this creature, he could go, oh, no, those are intelligent eyes. Oh,
1: no, it's a lovely comment, isn't it?
0: Yes. I, 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 but no, I mean, I, he
1: obviously I, had a good look at it because he was able to say flat nose, large ears and big teeth. But well, then yeah. if it's screaming at you, you might well remember that.
0: That's pro- probably true, mm. yes, because you'd have big fangs oh! yes, at you. Well, anyway, so it does sound a bit like one of our werebeasts, doesn't yes. it? Nearby to Alkenbury is hinchingbrook House. Formerly the Priory of Saint James, inhabited by nuns of the Benedictine order in around 1200, until Henry VIII's dissolution of the monasteries in 1536. That's
1: King Henry VIII to you.
0: Uh, did I say Henry VIII?
1: Yes, exactly. I yes. Said I'm a little bit, a little bit familiar with the royalty there, my love. Yes, yeah,
0: so you're right. It's probably King Henry VIII. Anyway, so skip from 1536 to 1947, where we find the ninth Earl of Sandwich in residence.
1: As in the bloke who invented the sandwich as, well, an ancestor of his, at least.
0: Yes, the very same. It was the fourth Earl of Sandwich. The fourth type of sandwich. <laughs> yes, he was the fourth, fourth Earl. He, he was a bit of a character, you might say.
1: Was he? Yes. Was he, was, he a, was he a nice chap?
0: Well, a bit of a character, but not in a good way. Oh,
1: right, I see.
0: So, as well as being the first Lord of the Admiralty, uh, he was seen as being a bit corrupt... He was also a fantastic gambler and it was on one such 24-hour session in 1762 sustained only by slabs of meat between two slices of bread that his name became synonymous and he's seen as the inventor of the hearty snack come staple diet of most teenagers and husbands when their wives are away
1: right back to 1947
0: hey ah yes so just before we do he also sponsored Captain Cook, the explorer, who named a group of islands after him, the Sandwich Islands, now known as Hawaii.
1: Okay, right, back to 1947 and were beasts. Yes,
0: yes. So in 1947, the ninth Earl of Sandwich was so convinced that a werewolf lived in the west wing of the house, he had it demolished. The werewolf was captured but could not be killed. So it was transported down the road and released into the woods near Alkenbury. Okay, hang on, hang on.
1: A werewolf was living in the west wing of Hitchinbrook House, which was demolished, the west wing. The beast was captured, mm-hmm. post-demolition, yeah. and then released into some woods down the road? That's right. And they thought that was a good idea? Yes. Releasing a werebeast?
0: Well, you know, as you do. If you you can't kill it, what are you going to do? Just release it into the woods.
1: Yes, he was a bit of a character too, wasn't he? The ninth
0: Earl of Sandwich. (laughs) Yes. I know it does sound a bit far-fetched, you know, even for 1947. But how weird that we have the report of a werewolf type of creature jumping into an Air Force base near to where it was dropped off 27 years earlier.
1: Well, you're assuming it's the same werewolf.
0: Well, what are the chances of one being dropped off not far, and then one jumping in to the the Air Force base? Well,
1: maybe one werewolf met another werewolf, and their eyes met across a crowded wood.
0: And they had little werewolf babies.
1: Oh, that's kind of cute in a creepy way.
0: (laughs) But you've got to remember that these are Air Force personnel, therefore reliable witnesses.
1: I'm still trying to picture why he thought there was a werewolf in the west wing of the house. Had a butler and maids been making its bed and bringing its snack?
0: Have there been droppings? <laughs> I know, it, it's really odd and a tad <laughs> irritating that the sources don't go into more detail in in that regard. I mean, perhaps it was a general thumping about and that he'd found hair from a molting cat around the place.
1: Oh, looking at our floor.
0: Yes. Well, that's what that sort of made me think that must be the case, because you could think it was a small werewolf. Or maybe he had been through the vault and soft thud routine that we covered in the Hexham Heads.
1: Perhaps the lady of the house didn't like the West Wing and wanted another one. I can't possibly go into the West Wing. It's inhabited by a werewolf. Oh, oh is it, dear? Well, we'll soon sort that out. <laughs> Jazz up! Call that chap with a wrecking ball. Perhaps he was mad?
0: Yes, very possibly. He was a Member of Parliament after all. <laughs> Ooh, political. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> so, another strange sight that was seen wandering around Hinchinbrook House was the ghost known as the white lady.
1: Ooh, original.
0: Yes, that's right. They do tend to be white, grey, or as we're going to come to a different colour later on. Ooh. Yes.
1: Ooh, now, now I'm intrigued. Anyway, white yeah. lady.
0: So yes, at about the same time that the werewolf was unceremoniously evicted from the West Wing, an RAF recruit named Malcolm Turner, stationed at RAF Brampton, which is a stone's throw away from Inchinbrook House, he was courting a young lady called Sandra.
1: I love that phrase, courting.
0: It is very sweet, isn't yes. it? And of the time, I think. Now, often they would go dancing at Huntingdon Town Hall.
1: Oh, I say. Now that sounds a bit more racy.
0: <laughs> yes. And on one occasion, as they were walking to the dance... Are, they, you, what,
1: are you saying that with air quotes? As they were
0: walking to the No, dance? No, They Apparently, they actually were properly walking, actually.
1: Okay, I take that back.
0: As they were walking to the dance, they started to talk about the story of the ghost of Hinchingbrook House. All right. Apparently... A married lady associated with the house had been murdered by her husband in a fit of jealous rage.
1: How could that ever happen?
0: Well, yes. She was said to haunt the house and the grounds. The young couple returned to her parents' house in nearby Godmanchester after the dance for supper.
1: Oh, I say.
0: The pair kissed goodnight.
1: Oh, my word. But, drat! (gasps)
0: Malcolm had missed the last bus to Brampton.
1: Oh, yeah. He'd missed, had he?
0: He missed it. Oh, well, said Sandra. It's a lovely night, full moon and everything. It'll only take you 35 minutes to get back to the RAF base. See you soon. Bye. Oh,
1: dear. Do you think Malcolm had had thoughts of... Of a canoodle, he <laughs> was thought of staying over.
0: Well, who can say? But it was a bit careless of him to miss the last bus. Wasn't are you it? are
1: you doing air quotes when you said when you say that when you say he's careless?
0: Yes, <laughs> I think he was definitely hoping. But I mean, uh, I mean, it could be sort of you know making a, a, you know wild accusations here on his yeah. honour. And, and I think we probably have to assume no, he, he just missed it. Yes, they were having the such a lovely time
1: at the dance. Yes, yes, yes. okay.
0: Yes. Thankfully for us, he did miss it, because on his walk back, absorbed in his thoughts for his lovely Sandra.
1: Oh, that's so nice.
0: He suddenly felt very strange, unaccountably uneasy. Oh, dear. He realised where he was, just outside the grounds of Hinchingbrook House. (gasps) It was then he heard a loud scream, which, he said, shook me rigid. Oh, my word. And there in front of him, Yes. Was a woman dressed all in white. Oh. She looked unhappy and depressed. Gosh. He continued to walk towards the lady, even though he felt an eeriness he had never felt before. He then noticed that there was an aura of light around her.
1: Oh, my word.
0: She was a beautiful woman of about 25 years of age. Yeah. He plucked up the courage to speak to her, but she made no reply she then passed right through him, sending oh, shivers down his spine.
1: Oh my word! Oh my word, can you imagine that?
0: Gathering his senses, he ran and never looked back.
1: God, don't blame you.
0: Well, this is one of the, the many sightings of the white lady, normally seen wandering through the grounds, looking fed up.
1: You mentioned that Hitchinbrook House was a priory. Any reports of ghostly nuns? Oh yes,
0: Indeed. In the house itself there are two tales that stand out the first is the tale of an american visitor to the house during the first world war as she made her way up to bed one night she greeted two nuns on the staircase and bid them good night At breakfast the next morning, she inquired about the nuns and wondered if she could meet them. The ninth Earl of Sandwich replied in a gruff, condescending manner that there hadn't been any nuns in the house for 800 years, madam. Oh my word! Well, actually, he was a bit off because it had only been 400 years. (laughs) Well, given him his due. Yes, well, 1536 (laughs) and all that.
1: Yes. (gasps) <gasps> Can you imagine how she must have felt, though?
0: Well, actually, she must. Yes, yeah, she must Bit have thought that was completely mad. Yes. Yeah,
1: what about well, obviously the oh, nuns. I met them last night.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes, she could have been as belligerent, couldn't yeah. she? Yeah. The other tale is from many years later, when the house had become part of Hitchingbrook School. So right. past 1970.
1: It is still school. Oh,
0: of course it is. Yes. Mm. Uh, a cleaner had seen the nun, but only from the waist up.
1: Oh, how weird that it's yes,
0: another case like our Roman soldiers seen in the cellar in York, where the ground was lower at a previous time. In this case, in the Priory, it was between the 12th and 15th century.
1: Yeah, no, that's a lot lower. That's a lot lower. Oh, yes, the Roman soldiers in the York cellar were cut off at the knees. It was later proven that the Roman road was about 18 inches below the cellar floor. They're not kind of two and a half feet, unless she was a very small nun.
0: <laughs> no, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, that is ridiculous, though, isn't it? No,
0: no. With well, the floor was the floor was a lot lower.
1: Yeah, but not two and a half foot lower. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, okay. that's that's the idea.
1: Okay. Yeah. Spooky, but the, the, the you're
0: not convinced. No,
1: no. Okay.
0: <laughs> there is another nun tail. that does make sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does.
1: What I've No.
0: So. Yes, there is another nun tale, that of the ghost at Nun's Bridge. Nuns- I've got
1: a friend called Nan, and I misread that, and I thought that was said at Nan's, nan's Bridge. bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a mighty fine woman, and she deserves a bridge if anybody well, does. why not? Yeah. I
0: think well, perhaps we could, you know, We're going to have to, in it. my
1: head now, that will become Nan's, nan's bridge. bridge. Best yes. best woman evs.
0: Now, we'll have to go back to being Nun's Bridge for the time being. So nuns- Okay,
1: but in my head I am hearing Nan's Bridge. Okay.
0: So, Nansbridge is just outside the <laughs> grounds of Hinchingbrook House. Mm. It used to be a proper road, but now it's just far too small to take the weight of uh, the 20th century traffic, or well, even 21st century that we currently <laughs> find ourselves <laughs> in. <laughs> and so it's now Living only. Living in another century, eh? <laughs> I am. And so it's now only a foot and cycle path with a small bypass nearby.
1: Yes, I have gone on it many times the bypass? No, this more, the, the foot and cycle bridge.
0: Oh, okay. Bridge. Yeah,
1: and they're now regularly walking.
0: Fair enough. Well, the bridge, well, you'll know this, of course, yes. spans Alcombury Brook. Yes, it does. And sightings of a nun have been reported for many centuries. It is said that the nun had a secret love affair with a monk. Ooh, naughty nun. Yes, and that she became pregnant.
1: Oh, my word. Very the, naughty nun yeah. and monk.
0: Yes, mm. absolutely. Well, the prioress found out and had them executed by her henchmen.
1: Although I do think there have been lots of tales, haven't there, that they actually didn't have to be celebrated. The nuns did, but the monks didn't, did they?
0: Yeah, and they and the prioress had complained to the bishop you know, not long before about how uh, the nuns. The nuns? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a nun and a monk? <laughs> yes. they, I say. <laughs> how the, the nuns and the monks yeah. uh, had not really been living by the sort of the, the letter of the law Ooh, that monks and nuns should, the, oh, should do.
1: Do you think they weren't the only?
0: Yes. Well, monk. But these two were None made an example of. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, that's if you... you know, do prioresses have henchmen? It sounds a bit far-fetched, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does.
1: It I makes them sound they like don't. gangsters. <laughs> well, in this area, a bit rough. <laughs> the prioresses round here. Oh, you don't mess with them. No. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> and <that> absolutely. And they're ramping thugs behind them. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Are you sure it's they're quite nuns? They're quite
1: tall, <laughs> and quite broad as well, and their voices are quite
0: deep. And <laughs> one's got a big metal bar in their hand.
1: Yeah, and a beard.
0: Yes.
1: So- sorry, sister. <laughs>
0: it's all right. Be careful, though. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, another version of the story is that the pregnant nun was so ashamed oh. that she drowned herself in the brook. Oh, dear. A further version of this was that she was so ashamed, she told her family. They shunned her, except for a sympathetic brother. Good man. Who agreed to meet her at night on the bridge to discuss a possible solution. Sounds good. Well, the possible solution was that the brother then drowned his pregnant sister to uphold the family honour.
1: Oh, less good.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Bit of a sod, really. Weren't there skeletons found at Hitchinbrook House? A man and a woman? Could they be the nun and the monk?
0: Well. That's what everybody thought, and that the mystery had been solved, except that carbon dating found the skeletons to be much older than that of the priory.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yes, well, uh, that's inconvenient, carbon dating, isn't (laughs) it? It sort of proves
1: things. (laughs) Ruins good stories like like this.
0: Anyway, the sightings have been quite frequent. So, when next time you go over the bridge, you know, keep a lookout.
1: Well, do you know, I, it's not as I've been walking over with my eyes closed, but I have never seen anything <laughs> Nan's Bridge, as I have now called it.
0: Yeah, so, anyway, there was a tramp who was living in the woods next to the bridge, and he says that he's seen her many times. He's quoted oh. as saying, she doesn't bother me, so I don't bother her. Right. On one occasion, in 1960, two men were escorting two ladies back to Brampton across the bridge after a dance in Huntington Town Hall.
1: Oh my word! That obviously, the dances at Huntingdon Town Hall yeah are well attended.
0: Absolutely, if you're living in Brampton, that's what's what you do.
1: That's what you do. of an evening. Have
0: a Saturday night. You yeah. walk across Spooky Bridge. Yeah. Go to a dance and walk back.
1: I say. Hoping for a bit of a bit of loving.
0: <laughs> so on the way back, one of the men suddenly scarpered, leaving Ray, for that was his name, bewildered until he looked across the water and saw what he described as a cone of shining light gliding soundlessly across the water.
1: Oh, my word.
0: Ray did what any sensible person would do in the circumstances. He absolutely legged it, catching up with and then overtaking his friend.
1: You said she was a a shining light. Yes. Well, that sounds very similar to the description of the white lady of Inchinbrook House, which is nearby, isn't it?
0: True, it is. And I think it's one of the theories that... This particular nun and the white lady are actually one the same. But the nun is also seen with a man and a nurse. What? Well, although old nurses' uniforms and nuns' outfits are actually quite similar. Well, certainly in the dark, anyway. So let us move away from Henchingbrook House and travel down the road to St. Ives. St. Ives, Cambridgeshire, that is, not the one in Cornwall. I was going
1: to say, that's quite a long journey. It's
0: not just down the road, is it? It's A few roads involved in that one. It's just a tad outside Huntingdonshire as well.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Cornwall, the county of Cornwall. (laughs) No.
0: So one of the fine establishments in St. Ives is the Golden Lion Hotel, a 19th century coaching inn. We had to have dinner there the other night, didn't we? It was very nice. Yes, when we got talking...
1: Yes, I had the roast pork.
0: Yes, I had it too, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, so it was recommended by the very friendly waitress.
1: Well, I chose it and then she said, yes, it was her favourite and you jumped on the pork bandwagon.
0: I did. I was looking at the salmon before that. Yes. Uh, but anyway, I digress again. So... We asked and we got chatting about whether the hotel was haunted or not. Yes, we did. And then she went away and asked her colleagues because she she didn't think it was. She didn't know.
1: She didn't know, did she? No, but she
0: went and asked her colleagues and indeed it is. Yay! There are two main ghosts, the Green Lady and Young Twins. The twins were killed tragically by horses. Oh. Yes, the twins have been seen holding hands, skipping through the part of the hotel where the coach and horses would normally come through. It's now the main bar and lounge area. One particular Green Lady encounter was by a man named Sid in the late 1960s, or early 1970s. He was a local man, but decided to stay over when his company's Christmas party was held at the hotel. Sid retired to bed shortly after midnight, having had a great evening with his work colleagues. Sid was not able to go to sleep, and as he lay there, he no longer felt he was alone in the room. His eyes were by now accustomed to the gloom and as he looked around the room he could see next to the dressing table the figure of a woman sid describes her as very elegant her hair in ringlets what did stand out though was the faint green glow around her as if she was covered in luminous paint this gave sid the heebie-jeebies and he did what any sensible person would do in this situation
1: did he hide under the duvet
0: yes well, sheets and blankets. They probably didn't have duvets in those days.
1: I think I might have tried to speak to her.
0: Really? What would you have said?
1: Hello? I suppose i, I ask if she's all right. Does she know she's glowing? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Sid was not for striking up conversation. He hid under the bedclothes until dawn.
1: Yeah, sensible man.
0: Yes, however, he did pluck up the courage to mention it to the receptionist in the morning. Bless her. She apologised.
1: It can't have been the first time if the receptionist was apologising for the ghost.
0: Absolutely. Well, she went on to explain that they'd had so much activity lately that they were thinking of bringing in a specialist team from Cambridge.
1: What? The Cambridge Ghostbusters?
0: Well, almost. It was actually, it was 1970, the Cambridge University Society for Psychical Research, or CUSPA, as I like to call them. (laughs) They were called in to investigate.
1: Did they find anything? No,
0: absolutely nothing. Uh, but as soon as they left, all the activity continued and started up again. It was like the ghosts were playing dead, as it were.
1: So what sort of activity was there other than the twins and the Green Lady?
0: Well, bells were said to ring in the middle of the night, waking up guests. Other poltergeist activity includes beer taps turning on and off, doors opening and shutting by themselves, and more disturbingly, Guests, having reported having their bedclothes pulled back from them while they were sleeping.
1: Oh, why would ghosts want to do that? That just sounds awful. That happened in Dartale from Haverford West. I know.
0: Well, it scares people, I suppose. Or... It's a magic trick that we can't see and goes wrong. What? Well, you know when they're trying to, you know, magicians are trying to, or not just magicians, but you know when they're trying to... Mainly magicians. Is it mainly magicians? Is it? <laughs> when they're trying to whip the tablecloth from the table without knocking off the pots and plates and so on. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe the ghost has placed ghostly items on top of the bed and is trying a similar trick, but we just can't see the items.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anything else?
0: Yes. That probably isn't the case, is it? No, no, not really. It's just scaring people. Yes. There have been reports of a man seen in royalist uniform.
1: Royalist uniform. What do you mean?
0: Yes. Well, back in the um, the day when they had the, when we had our civil war, there were two sides. Yes. We had the royalists. Yes. And the not royalists. Um. <laughs>
1: That's what I love about you. It's like you're unerring knowledge of history. You're just like laser with your details, aren't you? Yes. What were they called? <laughs> roundheads. Roundheads, that's the one, yes. So the royal
0: is called Cavaliers, I'm sure, weren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, Cavaliers and the Roundheads. Cavaliers
0: and the Roundheads, yeah. yeah so. so, which is a bit odd because St Ives is very well known for uh, Oliver Cromwell, who was very much lead um, ra- um, roundhead, wasn't he? Yes. So, 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 the fact that we have this royalist wandering around...
1: And it wasn't Oliver Cromwell. No, it wasn't no. Oliver
0: Cromwell. No. And as I say, very odd in this area because all ghosts around St Ives are attributing to be Oliver Cromwell, oh, the complete. Lord Protector. Yes. Or the other person they exp- attributed to be is Dick Turpin, an infamous highwayman who stole and murdered his way around the countryside.
1: Yes, but he wasn't from this area, was he, Dick Turpin?
0: Well, not that far hitching.
1: Yes, that's true. So did the friendly staff say anything else about the ghosts?
0: No, but one of the bar staff is a ghost hunter himself. Ooh, that's quite cool. Yes, well, you know, he spends the night in old prisons, abandoned Ooh. mental asylums and the like. He even showed me his picture of his oars.
1: Oh, I say! <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I would probably have said no to that. <laughs> would you like to see a picture of me all, madam? <laughs> You're a brave man. Good Lord. <laughs>
0: Most impressive.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, excuse me. So, is I've got nothing about the man and his orbs. Is the Golden Lion the only haunted place in the
0: area? No, there are plenty. Now, let's take a pleasant cycle ride down the road to the manor house at the nearby village of Hemingford Grey.
1: Very lovely.
0: The manor house dates back to the 1130s and is said to be one of the oldest continually habited buildings in the whole of England. It was purchased in 1939 by Lucy Boston. Who is famous for her children's novels featuring the children of green no i think i got pronounce that correctly yeah. green no yes the manor is used as the background for the books indeed diana boston who is the daughter-in-law of lucy boston who lives in the house now well she opens up the house by appointment only to enthusiasts of the books the house is well known for its poltergeist activity The author, Lucy Boston, described it beautifully as being, and I quote, "...very poltergeisty," particularly on the first floor.
1: Ooh, what sort of things?
0: The sound of someone running a cane along the banisters, angrily. The owners thought it was the spirit of an agitated woman who lives there in days gone by. There is the sound of a flute being played in the music room. Also, local residents fear to walk the towpath outside the house in the dark, known locally as the Poltergeist House. Locals were so fearful that they'd walk the long way round rather than walk past the property at night. But my favourite story is of a ghost of a young airman being seen in the music room during World War II.
1: Ooh, go on then, what happened?
0: Well, Lucy Boston was a supporter of the war effort and often invited airmen over from RAF Witten to listen to her gramophone in the music room.
1: Sounds a little bit like a this, one, but okay.
0: <laughs> we'll have to take that as, uh, uh, no, as absolutely stand-up No, stuff.
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: One evening, however, the airmen were in sombre mood, Ooh. having heard the news that one of their comrades had been killed in an air raid. Oh, my word. And during the gramophone recycle, they could hear footsteps I mean, slowly up the stairs, and I assume they weren't expecting them. No. The doorknob turned slowly, and their friend, the dead airman, entered the room. No! The airman looked at the ghost in horror and disbelief. The ghost looked at them and asked them why they all looked so shocked to see him.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yes, it turns out that the dead man was a namesake from another airbase.
1: Oh, my word!
0: So it wasn't him after all. No. So they actually th- were thought they were seeing a ghost, but they it was weren't. a proper bloke.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> Just a chap. Yes. Well, hooray, he wasn't dead. Hooray!
0: Exactly. So another story I like is about Lucy Boston's son, Peter, who was on the ground floor by the fireplace reading a book. Sounds lovely and cosy, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it was not long after some builders had finished a large restoration project. I was wondering, would you please read the quote from Diana, Peter's wife?
1: Certainly. As Peter sat there, he became aware of the room filling up with people. He recalled putting down his book to take in all that was happening around him. Peter described the dress of these people as being from many different time periods. Peter felt sure it was the previous occupants from the building's pasts who had come forward to show their appreciation and approval of the refurbishments.
0: Well, there we are. The End of Another Spooky Tale.
1: Oh, wow. There were some really good stories there. I
0: know. Very good. So thank you all for listening. We'd love to hear your spooky tales and your thoughts. Please do write to us in the comments on YouTube or
1: via email, which is thespookytalespodcast at gmail.com and come and follow us on Instagram at thespookytalespodcast. Thanks again.
0: Bye.